This podcast is edited and partly recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello everyone, welcome to Books Without Borders, the podcast where two people in different hemispheres come together to talk about our favourite things, books. I'm Emma. And I'm Nina. How has your week been? My week has been good. You know, just chugging along with school. Mm-hmm. Uh, n- nothing too intense this week. Just a normal, normal week. <laughs> good, good. That's, what about uh, you? Norm- normal is good. Um, exactly. I have had a another not great week with my health, but um, as you may be able to hear from my voice, I'm feeling much better this morning. So mm. um, I had a really solidly like a good day mood wise yesterday and i'm feeling good for it this morning so uh any particular reason but the yesterday being a good day yeah um honestly it was the first time in a while that my housemate had been relaxed properly Mm -hmm. and when he's relaxed i'm relaxed like i don't know like when you live when you live with someone you you kind of feed off each other's energy a little or at least i do so um Knowing that he was a bit more relaxed than usual made me feel a bit more relaxed than usual. So, um, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. No, it was good. I didn't have a very functional week most of the week, though. So not a huge amount of reading. Considering it was... I li- I only listened to audiobooks. I still only managed to finish one and barely start another. So not a lot of news here, unfortunately. How about you? Well, I am limited on the news front as well, although I'm not so concerned because, as we said last week, Mm. I've met my goal, so I'm chilling for the rest (laughs) of the year. But I did make some pretty decent progress in three books, so I'm not feeling too dissatisfied because even though I didn't actually finish any of the books, I feel like three books, like half of three books is equivalent of one book. At least. Well, in fact, it would be equivalent of one and a half books. That's uh, exactly half a book three times. So, yeah. All right. Do you want to start? Sure. So the first book I will open up with is The Midnight Library. Yay, it arrived! (laughs) Yes, it arrived. And everyone has their copies now, I believe. So we've all started and we're going to have our meeting discussing the first hundred pages next Saturday. Today is Sunday, so I have a whole week. But I just actually finished the section for this bi-weekly, fortnightly period. (laughs) So I just hit the 100-page mark, and it is such a practice in self-control to not keep reading because I could totally (laughs) just blast through another 100 pages, but I'm not going to do that. That was also part of why I didn't finish this book. I probably could have if I Mm. allowed myself, but I I tried to pace myself. I don't want to, like, rush through it too much. I'm thinking what I might do is read 100 pages like for narrative and then like skim through them to like annotate because it's so hard to annotate on your first round of reading and I want to like be able to start conversations in the club just uh, make sure that I have an abundance of prompts just in case conversation falls flat or anything um yeah awesome but I'm really really liking it so far it is as you said last time on the depressing side maybe the darker side of things in the beginning but thankfully 
I think like the plot and the intrigue was moving quick enough that I didn't get caught up in it too much. And now that I'm into more of the action of the book, for reference in a non-spoilery context, I'm at the part where she's supposed to give a speech next mm-hmm. chapter like yep. you know so there's like all of these mysteries going on and you want to know what happens next you want to know if she chooses this life I mean you kind of know she doesn't because there's still half a book left mm-hmm. but <laughs> what she's gonna do what was gonna overrule this life etc et and so the the pace of it has really kept me not so distracted by the darker mood of it yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a difficult conversation to have, though, when we do have the book group or even when you and I discuss it, because, mm. you know, it's difficult because it, it touches on some really fringe ideas, I think, or like ideas that you don't talk mm. about a lot in public life. Even like, I mean, I'm in therapy, <laughs> TM. <laughs> and oh, that, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've been in therapy on and off for at least a decade so yeah no longer since i I was like 13 or something so yeah all good therapy is like deodorant it's a public service that's my opinion (laughs) that's amazing oh my god i love that i'm absolutely using that i remember someone saying like i used to go to a lot of um, conventions and this might be a tangent but i used to go to a lot of like conventions vidcon nerdcon bookcon a lot of these conventions and i watched like youtube videos about like what to pack during conventions and i remember someone making a joke about like oh like deodorant is a must-have it's you know basically a public service Mm -hmm. and ever since i've been in therapy i feel like that applies deeply just to all of life it's a public service but anyway i I digress honestly i i'm so (laughs) glad you've said that to me because i am the kind of person where like i'm i'm naturally what what gretchen rubin uh who i think i've mentioned in a a previous episode ages ago what uh, she would refer to as an obliger as my like tendency of how i get habits done and i'm probably much more likely to do something if i think of it as a public service than if i think of it as self-care so that's really interesting i'm absolutely taking that and running with it (laughs) (laughs) please do so you know i have experienced my own ups and downs with mental health and what what i was getting at was that it can be difficult to discuss this depressed mindset Mm. even with the most private intimate setting of a therapist yeah because ultimately the conversation you're supposed to have around depression and suicidal thoughts is that you want to get past it or that you Mm. want to get better but when you're in it that's actually not at all desirable yeah like the desirable outcome is the you know the taboo that we shouldn't be saying we want but it's almost I don't know I find it very suffocating to not Mm. be able to admit that like I'm choosing not to do this for other people despite Mm. my pure internal desires and we are we have such a conversation around like well-being and Mm. and health and self-care that says that we should be following our gut reaction and not just doing things for others, doing things to please others, you know, or please Mm -hmm. society. But then when it comes to, you know, really intense emotions, struggling with mental health or depression and and suicidal thoughts, like catering to your desires is what you're told Mm -hmm. not to do. And so Mm -hmm. it's a very conflicting experience. And I'm really appreciating the conversation in the story and 
very intrigued by the character of the librarian. Again, I don't want to go too into detail because I don't want to spoil anything. And I do like, you know, want people to go into this blind because I think Mm. it's interesting that way. But just to sort of touch on that character, especially because I've been thinking about this book through the theme of choice, Mm. I'm most interested in the choice of the author to have this character come from such a biased perspective from the perspective of societal health care workers mm-hmm. or the idea that you should want to live and that you should want to get past your depression when I would imagine this character would be a sort of omniscient, mm-hmm. like non-biased, sort of neutral person who doesn't care if she lives or dies, but she's really pushing this girl to live and to find the life that she's happiest um, in, which is an interesting choice. Kinda, it is exp- explained a bit further on in fact not Mm. not too much further on from where you are I think from memory kind of what all of everything represents essentially like it's actually pretty explicitly explained so I think you'll be fairly satisfied with that um but then also and and I'll I'll launch into the one book I finished this week now which is (laughs) the midnight library I did finish the book fairly soon after we recorded like maybe the next day or something and I really liked it. Like I gave it, I think, a four point five from memory. But I also there, there's yeah, it's it's there's not a lot I can talk about without spoilers, and so I'll I'll keep this very brief. And you know, um, listeners, if you want to hear a full discussion, you'll have to hit that follow button uh, to <laughs> to make sure that you're here when we do the episode where we're both talking about it, spoilers included. But let's just say that the yeah, I I everything you've just said in terms of why people make certain choices in terms of their mental health, why people do or do not choose to, you know, try and end their life, um, that kind of thing, is explored really well in the early parts of the book. But then it's, it's, it does seem to be, no, no, it's, it's good. It's good. It's good. I promise. But it's, it's, mm, there's a bit of a actually this is not a spoiler because this is this is already pretty pre- pretty obvious from the amount that you've already read and like it's 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 just a general attitude that people have in society but that whole if you choose to do something you can do it like you can do anything that you want to do that oh. kind of attitude to life it's not that bad like it's it's okay it's not I mean, listen, it's not full self help kind of... or anything but it is like it's the message that most people have. It's the idea that most people have. Most pe- most healthy people, that is true. You know, if you try hard enough at something, you'll probably be able to do it. As someone who the majority of my mental health problems, not in the past, but now, my the majority of my mental health problems stem from grief over my chronic illness and not being able to do everything I want to do, not even close. Uh, those kinds of messaging, I'm very sensitive to it, basically. So, like... That's the reason it's not like a, a solid five. Oh, that that and some of the writing gets a little repetitive at times. Like I know it's supposed to be like there are bits of it where the same sentence structure is used over and over and over in almost like a list form, which mm. I don't know if that just works better if you're reading it physically and having someone say it into your ear gets kind of annoying. Maybe I, I'm guessing that might be it, to be honest, because like, I'm, I'm sure if I were reading it in my own voice, in my own pacing, potentially it could have been less annoying. But having someone say the same sentence structure to me over and over again for like a minute got annoying. But that didn't happen too many times. It only happened maybe like two or three times in the whole book. So 
not a huge deal, but yeah, the main the main reason I kind of bumped it down a little is because there was I don't know. I mean, I guess the whole the whole way through, like you, like it's it's pretty solidly implied that this is gonna end up being a hopeful book. Like it's it's there. Like from from the minute that the library appears, you're like, okay, this is the kind of book it's gonna be. It's gonna be like a exploration of different lives and different options and whatever. It's kind of like a uh almost a reverse it's a wonderful life not not reverse it's like it's like it's a wonderful life but with parallel universes you know uh multiple parallel universes rather than just the one i actually haven't seen it so i i couldn't comment on that <gasps> but you gotta I, well, it's apparently i have to <laughs> <laughs> well but yeah what it's kind of great it's like a it's a wonderful hmm. life mixed with groundhog day honestly like it's it's a hmm. that makes anyway. sense i see that it's kind of funny because I, I did recently, like back in August, but somewhat recently, reread that book that had the similar premise of someone who supposedly dies but wakes up every day and lives a new life. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Style, that's right. What before was that called I again? By Lauren Oliver. Oh, that's it. And so I do find this kind of story really intriguing. And something I really love about that book in particular is that it defies the sort of structure that you know or think you know a kind mm. a book like this would follow like what you're saying about this type of book and again it's so difficult to talk about this without spoilers but you know that it's quote-unquote gonna all work out in the end to some degree or it has to leave out off on a hopeful note because when you think about it there isn't much of a choice for mm. the author because the author can't publicly defy the taboo exactly by, yeah you know saying like it's okay to want to die <laughs> you know yeah, like that's exactly. a really no no yeah uh, so i i wonder where the author actually stands on that and what mm. their personal experience with it is because mm. i have to imagine that like the authenticity of this perspective i'm yeah. i'm feeling from the character makes me think that the author has had personal experience with this yeah. mindset yeah, um, either that or and, like a super close family member who's been able to express themselves well, or, or something right, like that. Right, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and I have to imagine that to some degree they had to betray that part of themselves mm. in which they believe in, you know, the validity of the experience. Mm. You know that mm. you can want to die, and mm. there mm. isn't really a good argument against it other than being alive for other people yeah. which yep. in most contexts we would not encourage right yes. we would not yes. say like you should be in this relationship for the other person yeah. or you should overextend yourself into an extent that is hurting you for other people mm -hmm. you know like it's a really difficult conversation to have absolutely yeah so I'm, I'm curious to know like how the author is going to take it but I also go into it expecting that they have to be mindful of the taboo to some mm. extent what I love about before I fall is in the most non-spoilerly way it's not that she defies that specific taboo because it doesn't actually have to do at all with self harm mm. or deciding to end your life it has to do with a car accident so yeah, it was not her yeah. choice at all but it defies the happy ending you would expect okay you know mm -hmm. so i really i really love that and i highly encourage you to read it maybe especially mm. in light of having just read this book mm. um it's a super easy read and i find it very thought-provoking despite like seemingly at least at the start to come from a very like young cliche teenagery perspective mm. and then 
to see how deep it goes into that conversation. I, I think it's very interesting. So, yeah. yeah. Overall, I have great expectations for where this is going, mm-hmm. though a little bit maybe predictable because it's inherently a formulaic storyline. Yeah. Um, but also extremely memorable, about that. I have to say. Like, I... I okay. Um, and that means a lot coming from me because my memory is horrific usually. But <laughs> I, like, I, I feel like... I mean, the fact that even, you know, this is a book I now read a week ago and I was able to immediately pick up on what you were talking about from you just saying she's about to give a speech tomorrow. Like, normally, yeah. a week a week out from finishing a book, I probably wouldn't actually remember, like, the specific <laughs> details. So clearly it was, like, keeping me fully engaged and, you know, yeah. I So, I like, I probably would remember pretty much every detail of that book for at least a few weeks, which is uh, pretty good for me. So yeah, it speaks well of the intrigue factor, I suppose, of of the book. Like I, I, I definitely kept wanting to return to read it as well. Like I, I don't know how you're have how you're managing the self control <laughs> right now because I would just be skipping ahead and not telling anyone if it were me. Um, <laughs> like um, well, uh, I'm managing it with two other books. <laughs> Right. Yes, that 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 would do it. Yeah. Um, and six classes. Yeah. Well. Yes. There's and three there's clubs. Three. Three. And three jobs. Oh my god! Wait. <laughs> hang on. Whoa. Okay. I'm overwhelmed for you. How? <laughs> How? I have a problem. And the podcast. Oh yeah, the podcast. Right. <laughs> what? Right. 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 Uh. Whoa, I'm, I'm like gal. stunned for you. What the hell? You know, I get bored if I'm not really over-engaging myself. That's cool. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I'm jealous of your energy levels. Um, if you can manage to do that without being asleep uh, <laughs> half the time. So that's... As long as you are doing it in a way where you're not burning yourself out. <laughs> Question Doing mark? my best. Okay, good. Good. Don't don't mean to go all like protective older sister on you, but you know, like <laughs> No, it's fair. I do need to shower. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, getting back to the book. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you and I'm really glad that you felt comfortable saying um all that stuff about like what it actually feels like to not want to live. Because you're right, it's possible and this is something that people who are healthy I don't think can understand. Like I don't think it's like I've tried to explain it to people and they just and, and it's they just doesn't compute, but in the same way Hey, I didn't understand healthy people for a long yes, time. Yes, absolutely. Like in I was just about to say I was so baffled. I was just about to say, in the same way that I don't understand anyone who doesn't overthink and doesn't question everything, people don't seem to understand that it is possible to not want to exist or to not really care that much about your own existence and still live and still choose to live. And that's something that I really like about this book is that it's really focused on choice and what you can and cannot choose to do, what circumstances you can and cannot control. And perspective as well is another huge theme of the book, especially closer to the end. You'll you'll see what I mean. But being able to step back and take stock and all these other things. But yeah, I have other thoughts about the very end of the book that I will need to save <laughs> until a spoiler discussion because there's no way to work around it so um <laughs> definitely write those down because it's going to be another five weeks <laughs> okay i will do i will try and remember to do that because yeah that's although it. actually we might be able to squeeze it into four because we can definitely have our discussion as soon as i finish it mm. after the second to last meeting like, yeah 
I don't have to wait until the last meeting to read the end okay. of it because we're discussing it in the last book. So right. anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> listeners, if you want to have also read The Midnight Library by the time that we talk about it, that episode will probably be coming out mid-December-ish. So, yep. you know, if you want to be able to listen to that episode when it comes out uh, without worrying about spoilers, then, you know, that's that's your that's your deadline if you're a deadline-oriented person. If you're not a deadline-oriented <laughs> person... We will still be doing our reading catch-up at the beginning of that episode. We don't episode. understand you. <laughs> You've come to the wrong place. I mean, not really. We welcome the deadline disoriented, but <laughs> I don't know if they'll totally be able to relate to our discourse. Hilarious. Uh, but anyway, you can still listen to the beginning of that episode. As always, we'll start with the reading updates and then we'll give plenty of warning before we start going into spoilers of anything just as we do with any other topic that we're discussing with spoilers so if you're not a deadline person that is fine all right so you have been distracting yourself from the midnight library with a couple of other books right so as i mentioned last week i continue to read the scottish folklore Mm -hmm. and i did not end up putting that on the back burner as i had Hmm anticipated i wanted to keep going with it so i've been picking them up they've been great like usually usually i save my audiobook for the week when i'm doing stuff and running around and i don't really have a commute here that isn't walking so i usually won't have a physical book during the week but because these are such short stories they're like a couple pages long i think the Mm. max was like one that was 10 pages long i've been carrying it around and reading it between classes or on breaks and stuff like that perfect yeah Um, so yeah i've gotten to the halfway point Mm-hmm. 100 pages in it's a 200 something page book and i'm really enjoying it so far i don't anticipate having such a long conversation around it so i'm gonna save opinions for when i do finish it hopefully yep. next week cool sounds good and what was the other one the other one is the name of the wind as mm-hmm. i am continuing i have entered the fourth and final quarter of this book nicely done it's a it's a long one as we've previously it's mentioned. a long one yeah oh yeah but it's going really well i'm very much enjoying it i anticipate that i might not immediately pick up the second one mm. not because i'm not enjoying this book i'm actually i'm quite enjoying it it's exactly what i was hoping for it's checking all of the boxes but I think part of it is that I don't have such a studio art heavy schedule this semester. And so I've been working through it slower than I anticipated. Mm. And also because I know that there is a third book that hasn't come out yet. So if uh. I don't feel like such a strong urge, like cliffhanger level urge to pick up the second one, I think I'm going to like enjoy being in this world until mm. this story concludes. The author is like strong enough in their writing that I anticipate it will wrap up and be solid as its own story, mm. even though there are more in the series. Um, so I'll probably wait until maybe there's news of the third book coming out or if I get into another period of like a lot of studio art classes where I want to binge another audiobook. But because, honestly, I just haven't been really feeling the painting I'm doing lately, and I think that's affected my mm. my ability to, like, en- enjoy the audiobook just a little. But it's, on the bright side, the enjoyment that I'm having of the audiobook is making my painting less painful. So <laughs> <That's good. laughs> that helps. Yes. And that is uh, all of my reading for this week. Cool. After I finished Midnight Library, I started the other day Cleopatra and Frankenstein because mm. it felt like a nice kind of change of direction i suppose it to be honest i'm still not entirely sure what it's about 
because I'm only <laughs> a couple of chapters in. I think it's just kind of generic contemporary literary fiction. I don't think there's right. an actual specific like genre or overarching theme or whatever. I mean, there probably is that I, I won't know until the end, but this is the one problem with being book communicators who like to go into books not knowing what they're about uh, is that <laughs> until we finish the book, there's not a lot we can say. But so far, basically... The Are you enjoying it? <laughs> Yeah, I am. I'm the audiobook of this one as well. It's it's very pleasant. The the voice actress is really talented. Like she's mm. switching back and forth between British and American accents seamlessly. Um I I say as someone who is not a native speaker of either accent, but you know, <laughs> from my ear at least it sounds like she's flipping back and forth seamlessly and then there was another that you know, early on there's a character who's I want to God, my memory's terrible. I want to say Danish, something in that part of Europe anyway. And so there's that accent as well that she's like flipping extra as well. So then there's three accents all going on in the same scene and it's very impressive. I've been very much appreciating the talent of this particular voice actress. But um Oh, by the way, I reached the grasshopper scene. Oh. <laughs> in the Midnight Library, like we were talking about last week. Yes, yes. And I read it, I was like thinking of our conversation but yeah you see what Glad I mean I'm they say it listening. back and forth for like a couple of sentences <laughs> so you can see why I was like <laughs> every time so yeah very talented voice actress I don't actually know who it is I think it's someone who just does voice acting but I'm not entirely sure I couldn't find any information as it's not as readily available on the app I'm using for this book as it was on the other one whoever she is she's doing a great job so I appreciate that. And awesome. the book's written really well. The writing style's really engaging, which is nice. And I, to be honest, so far I haven't felt that pull to be constantly reading it. Like the intrigue factor hasn't really hit yet because so far it's just been like, basically the premise is these two people meet on New Year's Eve. There's a meet cute that escalates very quickly. And basically I think the, the premise of the story is that they're, very quick progression of their relationship is ex explores how that affects both them and the people around them seems to be so again i'll probably have more to to report on next week but so far it's it's engaging but not fully hooked me in yet but it is early days very early days all right very exciting have you added anything to your tbr this week i have i've been very restrained i've only added two things which wow. is i know <laughs> So one of the online book clubs that I'm in is going to be reading soon The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by Sangyu Mandana, which is a fantasy, but it seems like a very like light and uplifting fantasy. Like, li li yeah, literally, I just opened the description. The first few words are a warm and uplifting novel. Hmm. Yeah, about an isolated witch whose opportunity to embrace a quirky new family and a new love changes the course of her life. So, yeah, it sounded like it could be a nice little fun read. I'll probably be reading that by the end of the year. And the other one was a Books Unbound recommendation. It's a children's graphic novel called Joe and Russ, which Ariel Bissett waxed lyrical about for, for um, <laughs> strongly enough that I went, okay, I have to read that. So, but yeah, just those two. How about you? Being the uh, picky TBR person that I am, I have not added anything this week. Oh, wow. So. Okay. I have nothing to report. So on to the next segment. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited for this. This should be absolutely hilarious. So this segment was inspired by a 
Jack Edwards video, I think on his Jack in the Books channel that yep. I came across, where he took some quizzes to find out which fictional character he <laughs> is. And I found this video particularly funny because as a well-versed young adult reader, uh, which I know he is not, <laughs> There were a lot of references in his video, in the quiz that he took to young adult stories that I don't think he got. Maybe right. he did and he didn't make a comment about it, but there were things that he definitely would have made a comment about, or sometimes he would say, I don't know who that is. And I was just laughing the whole time because they were all books that he would absolutely not read because they're not quote-unquote literary, but they still had a nostalgic place in my heart, so I thought it was quite entertaining. We're going to do a few because we don't actually know where these are going to go. <laughs> we don't know what the possible options of the quizzes are, like which characters we could result in. Mm -hmm. um, and we don't know how good the quizzes are going to be quality-wise because we haven't taken them yet and we didn't want to spoil ourselves. And so also, it's gonna be it's, we just thought it would be fun. So we just yeah. was like, let's just <laughs> try them all. Fun. So we'll see how many actually end up in the final episode. But You know, we had a pretty short introductory section, so I'm yeah. hopeful that we can fit a good few in here. Let's yeah, absolutely. Um, do you want to start with the Playboys one that uh, is the one that Jack in the Books did? Sure, let's start with that one. Cool. Um, maybe we'll take it in turns reading out the questions and then we'll both answer sure sure all right so the first one we're starting with is the who are you in the book world quiz by playbuzz all of these will be linked in the show notes if you want to do them yourself um, and if you do do them yourself send us an email at bookswithoutborderspod at gmail.com to let us know what you got we're very interested the first question first in this question. one is male or female just asking Let's ignore the binary there and say that we're both female. I, I certainly identify as mostly that most of the time. I'm on the same page. I really am curious about the just asking portion of that question. You know, like just asking for why? For yeah. what? I don't know. Like how does that contribute? I guess they're going to choose a male or female character. But actually, I think Jack was a female character when he took the yeah, he, he was. got Katniss. Yeah. So... This person's just curious. Okay, we support curiosity. Maybe, maybe that's a, in a less binary way. Yeah, yeah. Um, this quiz, <laughs> this quiz was made in 2015, and people weren't talking that about non-binary things quite as much at that point. But yeah. Anyway, question two: You witness a bullying scene in the hallway. You would one wait, devise a plan, help or not to help. Two inform a teacher or disciplinary officer. Three. Gather all your friends, then fight the bully. Four, stop that! With two exclamation marks. Five, walk towards the bully and say, Hey man, you look like a smelly minotaur, then run for your life. So I'm going to say that I'm not in the, you know, smelly minotaur category because I feel that that would only cause more bullying to occur yeah. to, on me, to me. <laughs> so antagonize anyone. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, also does a smelly minotaur doesn't really help your situation. I don't know for sure, but I would guess that that might be a Percy Jackson reference. I mean, that's the oh, most minotaur okay. I guess heavy that makes sense. Yeah. YA series or middle grade series that I'm familiar with. But okay, wait to find a plan to help or not to help. No, I think I'm a pretty gut reaction kind of person. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't devise a plan. I would either inform a teacher because 
I'm snitch if someone's getting bullied. No patience for that. Gather all your friends and fight the bully. No, that doesn't seem effective. Stop that actually does feel effective to me. Mm. Because I feel like to really call out a bully puts them in their place in a way that they won't expect because they believe they have power in the situation and by taking mm. action against them, you sort of take away that power. So I would combine, honestly, stop that with <laughs> informing a teacher. But stop that is the initial reaction. So I think I'm going to go with stop that. Yeah, that's interesting. I I would like to think that it would be stop that, but I know myself well <laughs> enough to know that my fight or flight response is freeze. Uh, so most <laughs> likely my response would be yeah, I was I'm a snitch as well. Like I would definitely inform a teacher or disciplinary officer. Like that's yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I yeah. don't understand someone has, the stigma against snitches. Yeah, someone has to stand up for what's right in this world. You know, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, cool. So question three on a Saturday. Before we'll, we get mm-hmm. before we get into question three, can I just describe the image accompanying question three? <laughs> sure. So we see in this image. A girl with maybe a, a straw fedora. Is that what that is? Or is it just a sun hat? It's hard to no, tell. No, I, th- I think it's a felt um, fedora. A felt, you know, it's a hat on her head. And she's <laughs> reading the Hunger Games, but not really reading it. Just sort of holding it open as if she were posing to be reading it in front of a display of Hunger Games books and other popular YA books at a bookstore. And, look, and she's looking off to the side in wonder. It's... Just stunning. It definitely seems like something I would have done when I was 14. It, it is a very, <laughs> a very dated image. Like it's a very, it's a very, this, this image was taken in 2012 kind of image, I reckon. You know, I actually had a bookstagram when I was in middle school oh, with yeah. my friend. We can still find it. it. It actually was very artsy. We were very artsy hmm. youngins. So nice. Uh, nice. we took lots of pictures of my friend reading in different settings. Mm. And it was similar to this. This is it, this is really calling to my, my <laughs> past of bookstagramming, but maybe not so low quality. Yeah. Like physically, yeah. pixel wise. Yeah, we took yeah. it on a nice camera, so. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Yeah, so you've you, you've had a bit of a nostalgia hit from that one. Yes, definitely a nostalgia <laughs> hit. I had to bring it up. Please look this image up if you feel any inclination. So, <laughs> going forward, question three says: On a Saturday, we'll find you. A. With someone special. B. Going out with friends. C. Hunting, hiking, anything outdoors. D, playing piano or other instruments slash singing. E, reading my favorite book. Or F, drawing or painting, being artistic. What do you think, Emma? Uh, So this is a tricky one for me because it varies wildly depending on which part of my life uh, I'm thinking (laughs) about. But if we're going with what I would be doing now as a disabled 26-year-old, Reading my favorite book is, well, my favorite, see, reading my favorite book changes it too, because if it's just reading a book, Mm. then probably that, but reading my favorite book implies that I'm rereading it over and over again, which I'm not, so, hmm, definitely not hiking, hunting, as you could tell by this little, uh, (laughs) it literally made me snort with laughter, that's definitely not me, Uh, going out with friends, probably not nowadays. In fact, definitely not nowadays. <laughs> if anything, they come to me, and that's rare. Hmm. Yeah, I, look, I think reading my favorite book is still the closest to what I do now. 
probably. Yeah, I, I think I have to go with that as a default, to be honest. I will also be going with that yeah. because... That's your Shabbat day. It's an... It's my Shabbat day, and I don't do a lot on that day. Usually I'm reading. I don't go out very much. Sometimes I'll be convinced, but I'm more likely to be found with a good book, if not my favorite book. Cool. All right. Question number four is a visual question, so I'll try and do my best to describe what's happening. Pick your style is this question. Honestly, you're the art student. I feel like you should be describing these. Okay. In our first image, we have the standard Italian teenage boy uniform <laughs> that is skinny, black jeans, a white t-shirt under a black hoodie, and possibly leather jacket on top with the sunglasses. In this picture, it is daytime, but I can assume he will be wearing those sunglasses at night as well. <laughs> In the second picture, we have a bisexual. She's wearing a flannel. She has leather bag she's wearing leggings and booties so that's that's the a direction. cute it's not gonna there. lie yeah honestly i'm really into the look <laughs> i definitely dressed like this in 2015 in image number three we have a really what's the word i'm looking for basic basic might be the word but I, i'm i'm talking about there's tension there's a sexual tension going on here between the uh clearly straight man on the right who ha is stuffing his hands in his front pockets, you know, to assert his dominance. <laughs> and on the left, we have the woman looking down over her glasses onto this man to show that she's interested into the that she's interested in the presence he's giving off. She's wearing jeans and a t-shirt, nothing quite remarkable. Uh, in number four, we have. Oh, this is an interesting crossover between the pick-me-girl and the reading nerd. The girl mm. who's, like, quiet and is always in the library. She's wearing glasses. She has, like, the Big glasses, like, very fluffy. intentionally nerdy glasses. Yes, yeah. yes, the intentionally nerdy glasses with the oversized sweater and the 2015 ombre look mm. going on, sort of feathered hair. She's outdoors, but she's clearly not usually in that space. She's a little bit out of her usual environment, um, but she does appreciate nature. That's what you're getting here. Uh, fourth picture is wannabe Wall Street bro, but you're still in high school. Honestly, he looks so, like a real estate agent to me. That's what every real yeah, estate he looks agent like a real in Australia estate... wears, the blue, the blue suit. He looks... Okay, so there's two figures in this picture. There's the real estate agent and his prom date. So... <laughs> You're like an aspiring frat bro, but you're still in high school, so you're on your way to prom. Sixth image we have is the bohemian girl, you know, who hasn't quite learned. Actually, I would say this doesn't cross any like of the typical bohemian mm. like cultural appropriation boundaries. She's wearing but very nice looking loose on another jeans pants. Uh, yes, which you know she's is the she's... only nod to bohemia really. She definitely does yoga, and she probably doesn't wear shoes even when you should mm. be wearing shoes. Yep, well, she's certainly like not wearing picture, shoes. Like in this picture, she's yep. not wearing shoes, but she's outside in public near a park. So, those are our options. <laughs> I would say, you know... To okay, summarize, my, uh, <laughs> to those summarize. options were essentially... The all-black, either Italian teenager or Melbourne in general look. Basically everyone in Melbourne dresses like this, by the way. It's just all black with skinny jeans. 
Um, <laughs> that's been that for years. That's all we wear. Second one is comfort hipster bisexual. Third one is basics with some weird sexual tension, according to Nina. Number four is... Are you not feeling it? I'm feeling it. There is sexual tension. <laughs> they're not even in the image. same photo. <laughs> they're two different photos, But Nina. they're looking at each other. They're, they're not. They're looking, looking at, us. at each other. Anyway, no, it's like it's like um do you ever do be real where you like you flip your screen? I don't, so this no. is a terrible reference for me to make, but I don't I believe this is not be the real like for our podcast either, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Anyway, we're we're going on too so much. We are this. off the rails today. <laughs> okay. And then number four is cute library girl with a nice oversized sweater. Number five is real estate agent at his prom date. Number six boho chic love it okay so i'm gonna go with the bicurious hipster Mm. personally what about you i think so the only one that's really speaking to me is the cozy jumper not not the oversized glasses because actually when i'm you know I, i need glasses and i've always needed glasses but I actually don't wear them normally. I, if I'm outside of the house, I put in contact lenses because my glasses are proper prescription and they make my eyes smaller because my prescription is so strong. So I usually wear my contact lenses if I'm leaving the house. But apart from that, the the jumper, like the nice cozy fluffy jumper is the thing that is probably closest to what I generally wear on a day-to-day basis, which is generally comfort over style, <laughs> mostly. That's fair. That's a solid second option. I definitely looked like that in middle school as well. Honestly, this is kind of triggering. So (laughs) let's move on to the next question. Cool. (laughs) Your friend betrays you. What are you going to do? And uh, we should note that friend is in quotation marks as well. Your friend betrays you. Just for a quick visual context, the image for this is someone has sharpied the word friendship onto some kind of glassware that is now shattered in pieces. There's no subtlety here. Nothing. So, number one, your friend betrays you. What are you going to do? One, cry for a while, never forgive them. (laughs) Two, do not talk with them ever. Three, they won't betray me. Four, forgive, but do not trust them again. Five, prepare for revenge. Six, talk it out to them. And seven, nothing. Revenge is for the weak. (laughs) So much to unpack here. Uh, First of all, revenge is for the weak is a strange comment to make. I I don't think revenge is good, but I don't think it's for the weak either. Revenge is for... You know, you have to at least Overly be ambitious. Yeah, or or at least confrontational. You know, be right. <laughs> anyway, I think we can both safely say that we are not prepared for revenge. I don't. <laughs> that's not within either of mm-hmm. our characters. To be honest, this quiz seems like it's made for someone a lot younger than me, and the only <laughs> option that seems like an actual option to me as a fully grown adult woman is talk it out to them because. Mm-hmm. Communication is important in all relationships. Either that or they won't betray me, but I think the implication of that answer to this particular question oh, totally, is, is to say... They totally can betray you, though. Yeah, well, yeah, there's that. But, like, I trust all my friends specifically because, again, I'm an adult woman and I've curated my friendship group very, <laughs> very specifically by now. So, you know, they won't betray me would also be true. But with the premise of this question being that your friend has betrayed you, I feel like that answer implies that you are just refusing to acknowledge that they did actually betray you, which is not 
who I am. Mm. So I think talk it out to them. That's psychological. We're tiptoeing around the real meat of this question, which Mm. is what does betray mean? What (laughs) have you ever been betrayed by a friend? I mean, I guess like oh, your friend, you know, get has a crush on, and I'm thinking back when we're 14. Like this is where this is probably made by someone who is in that age range. So I'm really putting myself in that mindset. But at that time oh, your friend develops a crush on someone you also like, that's maybe a betrayal. Or your friend talks about you behind your back, that's a betrayal. Mm. In my current life, none of the those things either wouldn't happen or wouldn't be considered betrayals because you can't control who you like. And yeah. if you have a problem with me, then we aren't friends to begin with. Mm. I mean, not like a critique. Like, obviously, I'll take critique from my friends. But someone who talks behind my back, like, I don't really feel betrayed because that there's no way that person was my friend. I don't know. I think maybe uh, the, the idea that I was going with was something along the lines of you told them something that you really didn't feel ready to tell anyone else mm. and they took the liberty to share it with another friend and that friend has come back to you. Shoot. That's the kind of thing I was thinking, generically. <laughs> You know, given the options, I think I'll say also talk it out, you know. I want to be silly and give a funny dramatic answer, but <laughs> to be honest, I think that's that's where it is because I'm a communicator. We've already established this. Exactly. We're both very pro-communication. All right. Question six is another visual question. So um, mm-hmm. which, co- but, but, you know, we don't actually need to describe it this time, so don't worry. Which color appeals to you most? Green? Others, which is weird that that's the second option, but never mind. Green, others, violet, blue, black and white, or yellow. I do want to specify, though, because it's going to change my answer. The blue is like a very pale, almost grey blue. And the violet Mm -hmm. is a really... It's kind of a mix between like a Cadbury purple and something a bit warmer. Mm -hmm. It's got like a, a little pattern through it. Because otherwise, usually my favorite color is blue. But in this particular set of images, the violet is definitely the one that's speaking to me most. Hmm. I am actually going to take a different approach and say that I disregard the color images that they've chosen for us because they're all horrifying to me personally. Interesting. Um, Okay. But purple is my favorite color. And I wouldn't consider that image to be violet, but I do prefer violet. So. I'm gonna. It's purple, but violet is a specific. I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like that, the image is definitely just purple. (laughs) The image is absolutely purple. Yeah, Uh, and I do like purple, but I also like violet specifically. Mm. So I'm, I'm gonna go with violet. Okay. Well, we're both we're both going violet with that one. I think so far the only answer we've had different was for question. I think like for the bullying question. So this could be interesting to see if that was enough to make much of a difference, but we'll, I guess we'll keep going. All right. Question number seven, pick your weapon. Nope. No to violence. Sword, spears and wits, gun and knife, gun and knife. That seems like overkill. Anyway, wand, bow and arrows, angelic powers, my words. So I am just a romantic person, so I have to go with one of the magical options, either being the wand or the angelic powers. And though I do appreciate the wand, I do I find it to be a bit limiting. I mean, in the world of Harry Potter, which is clearly what they're referencing in this image, you can use magic without the wand. Mm. But I don't like the idea that I would be limited to the wand. So despite my not-so-fond relationship with the Shadowhunters world, universe, 
I will be choosing the angelic powers option. I, l- I love that you know which which option each of these are. Like, see, I don't read. <laughs> I don't like. I I like. I said I missed almost all the young the, the YA trends. So like, I I'm just like, cool. That's nice. <laughs> sure. Whatever you say. Um, I'm absolutely going nope, no to violence because I am not a confrontational person. As previously stated, my fight or flight response is to freeze. I don't <laughs> think I'd. I'd like to think that I would be able to use my words to cut someone down, but the truth of the matter is I'm only funny when I'm relaxed. So I don't <laughs> I don't think I yeah, would be able to pull yeah. something when I'm anxious or threatened. So yeah, definitely nope, no to violence. Partly <laughs> by choice. Well, mostly by choice because I am definitely a pacifist, but like mo- most mostly by choice, but also partly just because I know that that's what my natural body reaction would be. Question number eight. Pick an element, wind, water, fire, earth. I am against this question as a chemist, but I will choose fire. (laughs) Fair enough. Why fire, just out of interest? I am like a... I don't know, it's just always been the element that I'm attracted to. Interesting. I am very much a warm blooded person Mm. i prefer to be hot than cold i can withstand a lot of high temperature Mm. i like the way fire looks and feels cool and i appreciate the sun cool i'm 100 percent water it's Mm. definitely i've always been a water baby like i i you know pre being disabled i used to absolutely love swimming in fact i do still enjoy swimming the odd occasion i get is just that it tires me out too much now all right your worst nightmare is one something unknown Two, hurting everyone. Three, suffocation or drowning. Four, being powerless. Five, being alone. Six, having my loved ones hurt or killed. Seven, fear itself. I would say hurting everyone, mm-hmm. like being the cause of suffering. That's that's very upsetting to me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's probably my, that's a very, very close second for me to having my loved ones hurt or killed because yeah, yeah that's a pretty tight they're, they're they're pretty close yeah but um i do see where you're coming from in that like the element that you were the one that did it would definitely be like a lot but to me i think the fear is more deeply rooted in the loss than in the fact that i did it so yeah small small difference in our um answers there but yeah essentially similar premise (laughs) i also was putting a lot of weight on the everyone like if i'm hurting everyone does that go beyond Mm. my friends and family am i hurting are more people being hurt in that scenario than in the i don't know it's it's a bit uh, overly objective i probably would you know be just as devastated Mm. if not more by my friends and family being hurt in any way but anyway we can move on to the next question. Yeah. I don't think it's warranting that much depth. <laughs> <laughs> I think, honestly, um, we're putting way too much thought into all of this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number 10. They are giving you... Who is they? I, <laughs> Good question. They are giving you an encouragement pillow. I hate encouragement The words pillows. written on it will be... Dot, dot, dot. Okay, first of all, before you start reading them out, I want to say, almost apart from, like, two of them... Almost all of these are too long to be on an encouragement pillow, so I immediately reject the premise of this question. But go on. Uh, yeah. Let's just let's just think of it as which of these phrases like resonates most with you. Okay. Okay. So starting off, number one, we have sometimes crying or laughing are the only options left, and laughing feels better right now. You don't get to choose if you get hurt in this world, but you do have some say in who hurts you. I like my choices. I love you, and I will love you until I die, and if there's a life after that, I will love you then. 
If you ain't scared, you ain't human. <laughs> that one is so awkward. Happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if one only remembers to turn on the light. One can never help being born into perfection. <laughs> also so awkward. I assume these are We're all direct quotes. Together. These are all direct yeah. quotes, yes. We're staying together. You're not getting away from me. Never again. That's that healthy. Is also uncomfortable. Mm. Hope is stronger than fear. Okay, that's honestly the best encouragement pillow saying. That's true. I mean, yeah. if we're taking the encouragement pillow thing seriously, it's also because... the only one that's short enough for a pillow. Right. <laughs> exactly. And the only one that isn't like way too specific mm. to a specific storyline that you have to understand the context. <laughs> Otherwise. Like, this is giving me... When I was 14, I would write really intense, dramatic quotes from books on my arms to the point that my arms were completely covered in words. And I'm sorry, I don't I mean would just to walk laugh. That's just the most 14-year-old like thing ever. Um. It's so 14. And <laughs> definitely some of these were on my arms at one oh. point or another. Um, Hope is Stronger Than Fear is probably the only one that doesn't have, like, have a necessary context, mm. you know? Fair enough. So is that your choice? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I really believe in the concept of radical hope, so I'm going to mm. go with that. For me, the first one, which would be a terrible encouragement pillow because it's very long, but the <laughs> sometimes crying or laughing are the only options left and laughing feels better right now is honestly a little too close to home, if anything, because <laughs> one of the main ways that I and many other people with chronic illness deal with the bleakness that is our futures is to choose humor as a coping mechanism so <laughs> that felt a little uh, i was like oh yep that's it that's the one <laughs> so that's that's I'll go with that one question number 11 you want someone i assume romantically but let's say for the purposes of this that it could be romantically or in a in a platonic soulmate who knows but you want someone <laughs> who is one, responsible. Two, rebel for a cause. Three, always there for you. Four, calm and humorous. Five, gentle yet authorized. Authorized? I don't think that's what it means. Does it mean gentle yet authoritative? Is that what that means? I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm, yeah, I'm going to say it, mean, it probably means gentle yet authoritative. Six, supportive. Seven, positive thinker. Eight, smart and cunning. I'm going to go with positive thinker. Okay, I'm going with supportive. Number 12. For context, the image is a picture of a lion with the Roman proverb, it is better to live one day as a lion than a thousand days as a lamb in front of it, which I actually wonder if it is a Roman proverb. I don't know. I don't trust the internet anymore. You know, I wouldn't doubt it. That's a probably Roman is. proverb. Yeah. You know, probably sounds nicer in Italian. would be like the Romans, though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You'd rather live for one day let wait it's phrased badly okay, this also doesn't yeah this is phrased badly but you'd rather live for one day left than so you'd rather a. you'd rather only live for one more day i think is what it means yeah, yeah i think that's what yeah you'd rather only have one day left than have a mortal enemy see your family hurt and die lose your memories forever Nothing. You wouldn't want to die because it'll hurt everyone around me. I'm a grenade. Wow. Have your lover choose someone over you. Have everyone around you in a comatose. <laughs> Be kept inside walls forever. Have a friend or family betray me. 
I am very much an indoor cat, so I would be happy to be inside forever. <laughs> yeah, me too, honestly. I, I don't think, I, I'd never leave my house voluntarily, usually. Again, I'm going to go with see your family hurt and die, because I don't, I never want to see that. I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm I dreading think... the day that one of my family members passes away. I'm absolutely, like, almost every day I think about how terrible that's going to be. You know, having experienced really intense traumatic grief, yeah. I honestly find that it's easier for me to imagine being okay with that kind of scenario yeah. because I'm already okay with it. So, that's true. That's I true. I mean, yeah. okay is a relative term, but you know what I mean. So I, I honestly, I can see why that is obviously the worst scenario but i think i'm not gonna choose it mm. i would say i honestly love having mortal enemies um <laughs> god you're such a slytherin <laughs> really really i am actually no that's a very gryffindor thing hufflepuff, gryffindor as well but, but that is know, not a hufflepuff I, thing I, to say are you kidding hufflepuffs not would not want a mortal enemy are you kidding i <laughs> well i guess not an actual mortal enemy but i love the idea that someone is acting so ridiculous that I can just hate them without any hesitation. You know, like, I'm a very, like, optimistic person. I like to see the best yeah. in people. When someone does something wrong, I try to imagine possible causes that I yeah. maybe I misunderstood them or, you know, they had this intention or yeah, X, Y, Z. But when someone does something that's just so utterly ridic- ridiculously wrong, I have absolutely no hesitation yeah. in hating them. I guess that's and... true for me too, but I wouldn't call that mortal enemy. I mean, what is a mortal enemy? A mortal enemy would be like some someone that you just actively choose to hate, like in your life, like in your real life, rather than just on the internet. I have a few of those. <laughs> okay, never mind. I have a few of those. <laughs> Okay, we're not gonna talk about it. See your family hurt and die as a no, I already said. Lose your memories forever. Nothing. Lose your memories forever? I feel like that's actually kind of cool. Um, nothing I wouldn't want to die because it'll hurt everyone around me. I'm a grenade. We had this conversation earlier in the convo. Have your lover choose someone over you? That's pretty devastating. Mm. I've never had that happen, but God, that's horrifying. Oh my gosh. It's not pleasant. Have everyone around you in a comatose. That sounds That horrible. sounds pretty lonely. Yeah. Have a friend or family betray me. Okay, it feels kind of shallow to choose this one, but I'm going to go with have a lover choose someone over you. It does suck. I don't think that... I'm, I would rather not. It does suck. You get over it, but it sucks. All right. <laughs> Last question. Okay, so just to summarize each of these categories of character real quick, we're going to sum it up in a couple words rather than describing every name and who they are. Yeah, there's a lot. So, on the first <laughs> list, the first one on the list says, "You want to be no one." Seriously. Whatever that means. The second one on the list is the male savior complex character. Mm-hmm. The third one on the list is the strong independent badass female character the fourth one on the list is the romantic female lead Mm -hmm. the passive romantic female lead the fifth one on the list is the advisor slash father figure or god figure role the sixth one on the list is the intellectual girl role the introspective deep thinker the seventh one on the list is the goofy best friend and the eighth one on the list is the chosen one yeah essentially yeah 
if you want to see what the actual names are on there, you'll have to go to the quiz yourself because there's, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> Just too many names. Yeah, and I don't know half From of them. From too many fandoms. So, yeah. In terms of what I want to be rather than what I actually think I am, I definitely want to be the Hermione Granger type, which I think we classified as strong, strong, intelligent female lead. Mm-hmm. In another life where my body works properly, maybe I could have been that. But yeah, I think that's that's the closest I kind of resonated to, I think, in terms of what I want. I think I'm going to go with... I'm torn between either the advising figure role mm. or the introspective female role. I just feel like those are the characters that... I don't know, they're all very like emotional in mm. the way that I am and they think deeply about things yeah okay that's i mean (laughs) i don't know they're just like intellectual i think i mean obviously like annabeth and hermione fall into the intellectual category but more in like a almost offensive way right whereas this feels like an intellectual defensive or like internal Uh, okay yeah yeah, yeah. um intellectual quality i see what you mean others feel like an external like that's part of their personality Mm. i don't know i see what you mean yeah so I would say, while I really want to channel my inner Albus Dumbledore, I'm going to go with number six. Which is the... Hazel Grace, yep. Rosie Dunn, Veronica Miller, Mia Hall, Margot. Okay, cool. And I'm going with the Hermione Granger, and I'm not reading the other names because it doesn't matter anyway because I don't know any of them. <laughs> so. All right, cool. And calculating results. After a very long time, our results have finally calculated. How did uh, how'd you go? You know, I'm I'm feeling kind of mixed on it. Oh, yeah. I don't know whether to accept it or reject it, but uh, I got Percy Jackson. Cool. All right. Who'd you get? Thomas. Oh, no. Um, the one I didn't even know. I, Thomas who? You're a pretty simple dude. You are simple-minded and pursues answers about your surroundings, I guess. Sometimes you get a little whiny. <laughs> Sometimes you get a little whiny if they can't satisfy your curiosity. What's they? Yet you are brave at heart and willing to bend the rules to survive. Not true at all. I hate... This is completely, completely not true. Miles to go... Okay, who is Thomas, Miles though? to go run and then runner is in... I don't know. Um, Hang on. I'll show you the picture. I don't know if you... Oh, the maze runner. Oh. I didn't read the maze runner. Cool. Well, I, I disagree <laughs> with pretty much everything it said in the description. So I'm going to go with uh, this quiz is a flop for me. What a great use of time. Yep. Anyway, my, my description, I actually am not totally against the description. It says you're brave, a spirited natural leader, and you're willing to risk your life to save friends, family, strangers, and sometimes even enemies. You have a sar- sarcastic and smart sense of humor, although sometimes when you get angry, you tend to do action before plan, yet you're the most powerful demigod. Okay. Okay, I'll take it. I'm just rereading mine again. Literally none of these sentences are true. I'm not simple. Mm. I'm not simple-minded. <laughs> I do pursue answers about I'm my surroundings, simple. but I'm more likely to pursue answers about myself than about my surroundings. I'm not particularly whiny if I if my curiosity isn't satisfied, but I mean, I guess a little, but like most people are. I'm definitely not brave at heart, and I'm absolutely not willing to bend the rules to survive. That is just not... Well, mm, oh, yeah. actually... I guess little things that I, you know, like certain bureaucracies I decide to ignore for the benefit of my disability or whatever, potentially. I don't know. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> it doesn't fit me. 
Well, that was a disappointment. Let's try another one. You know, I have more hope for this one because yeah. we have uh, Darcy and Elizabeth okay. on the cover right, of cool. this quiz. So, this is the Penguin Random House Which Classic Character Are You quiz. Yeah, and, and uh, unlike are... the Playboys one, this seems to be questions that might actually lead you towards a decent answer rather than fairly random stuff like colour and whatnot. So, hopefully, this will be a decent match. Okay, we'll get started and read the first question. Mm -hmm. It says, you lend one of your favorite books to a friend. It's returned with a cracked spine, dog-eared pages, and chicken-scratched marginalia. Do address the issue. One, no, who cares? What's one book between old friends? Two, no, I wouldn't say a thing, but I'll be annoyed about it for the rest of the day. Three, yes, I would express my disappointment right away in a calmer manner. Four, yes, I would use humor to ease any tension. Five, faulty premise. You're presuming I would lend a book to anyone. Mm. My initial is no, who cares? Not only is what what's one book between friends, I also love when people mark up books and return them to me so I can read them with your markups. So I'm number one. I got so tense with you saying that just then. <laughs> uh, I don't mind if I'm buying a book secondhand and it's got people's writing. Like, that's kind of fun. But if I lend someone... A piece of my property, and they return mm. it damaged. And, well, cracked spine. <laughs> I don't really care because, like, that's just a thing that happens when you read. Sometimes, like, it's it's kind of hard to avoid. I don't know how people avoid cracking the spine all the time. Like, if you're going to be reading regularly, it's going to happen eventually. But the dog-eared pages and the chicken scratched marginalia. I think, to be honest, all of my friends know me well enough that they would never do this. But if they did. My answer would probably be, I would absolutely address the issue, but I would use humour to ease any tension. Your favourite living author walks past you on the sidewalk. How do you react? Number one, I would limit myself to a quick wave and smile. Two, I'd keep on walking because that is how I would like to be treated. Three, I would shake their hand, say I enjoy your work and go on with my day. Four, I would politely ask for a photo and an autograph. Five, why would I even stop? I don't care about the author, I care about their work. I'm not, I can't get over the photograph and autograph, like, awkwardness. Mm -hmm. I would not ask for that. No, yeah. I mean, in my younger years, I definitely did all the time. Interesting, You know, at, okay. like, author talks or book tours or whatever. But that's also, like, specifically the time to do that. So that's, like, not as awkward. If I just saw them on the street, I probably wouldn't. Who is I your favorite living I might shake author? their hand. Who is my favorite Because for author? me, it changes the answer. Ooh, because in the past, my favourite author, like when I was younger, was J.K. Rowling. Because mm -hmm. Harry Potter were my favourite books and therefore almost by default she was my favourite author. But even then, mm. I would have been way too nervous to approach her because she's massive. Then, in like kind of high school era, and for a long time it was John Green, who I would very readily come up to and talk to because he you know is also a nerd you know the the one of the heads of the nerd fighter community and he and you know they right um, right that's what i was thinking as well yeah and now my favorite living author probably is alice oseman probably mm. and i think because she's still in the early stages of her kind of rise as a famous author or whatever like she's she's certainly not john green famous like she's definitely right at a lower stage and also because she's fairly close to my age i feel like i probably would also say 
um oh hi sorry are you are you Alice Oseman oh I I love your work I Heartstopper is incredible and I and I love all your other novels as well and then I would go on with my day so yeah um but like if it was still if my favorite author was still J.K. Rowling which ignoring everything that's wrong with her as a human but let's say if if my favorite author I don't know Stephen Fry let's go with him as another example if my favorite author were like someone really really big and famous still I probably would freeze and not do any of these options I would not even do the smile and wave I absolutely would not so (laughs) you know for me there's such a difference between my favorite author and the authors of my favorite books Mm. like for a lot of my favorite books I've maybe only read one of their yeah, books and so I can't really claim they're my favorite author yep. or like for instance okay I'm looking at my five star reads I have three five star reads one of them is the science of titan that's a dead author one of them is an absolutely remarkable thing Hank Green who I would absolutely love to run into <laughs> on the street yeah. and would definitely stop yeah, and say great. hi <laughs> he would be such a yeah. great person but I also don't know if I would say he's my favorite author mm. I also even though none of the John Green books are in the five star category I might still say that John Green is a preferred author over Hank because I really like what Hank did idea-wise with this, Mm. and I think his writing was fantastic. But because there's only one of this example, whereas I love so many of John Green's Mm. books, I feel more inclined to say I love John Green more as a writer. I also think Hank is just such an idea guy. Yes. And if idea guy was a profession, which it kind of is, he's kind of made it a profession, then he would be my favorite idea guy. Exactly. But in terms of like a literary composition, Mm. you know, my favorite of the two would be John. Yeah. Then my third five-star read is The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins. I honestly don't know that much about Susan Collins as a person. She's not much of a public figure, mm. even though she's written this really big series and has a lot of notoriety. I would love to meet her. That would be really interesting. Maybe I would say her because I, there's just so much conversation to have. Mm. And I think it would be really cool to learn about someone I don't already know a lot about, you know? So of those options, so. if it was her, you'd go with the shake their hand and say, I enjoy your work? Or would it be like... Well, if it was her, I would say, I would hope that we're, maybe she's walking towards a coffee shop, she goes into the coffee shop, sits down, and I can, like, strike up a conversation. I don't want to just, like, go on with my day. I want to have a conversation. But I know that's not an answer, so. (laughs) Right, right, right. I guess I will say I'd shake their hand and say that I enjoy their work. Yeah, I'm going to go with that, too, for Alice Oseman. The next question says... Inexplicably, your favorite dead author walks past you on the sidewalk. Mm. How do you react? Terrifying. One, I would engage them in a conversation <laughs> because I don't see a downside. Two, I would follow the author respectfully to find out how they are here. Three, I would see if they need anything since being dislocated in time would be very difficult. Four, I would leave them alone as nothing good can come from being curious. What? <laughs> Five, I would share my love for their work and say how good they look for their age. This last two are definitely not it for me. I also, I mean, yes, I would engage them in a conversation because I don't see a downside, but I would do that with a living author. So I don't want to choose that one either. I would be very much inclined to follow them respectfully if that's possible, but I would follow them nonetheless. And I would also want to see if they needed anything since they're dislocated in time, specifically because my favorite dead author is Kurt Vonnegut, and being mm. dislocated in time is his thing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I would have to go with number three. Right, okay. My real answer would be I just wouldn't 
believe it was happening and I and I would like probably post something just being like I think I just I just saw the weirdest doppelganger for Jane Austen right now like this woman <laughs> looks so much like Jane Austen but you know she was even wearing the right costume and everything someone's doing a great cosplay over here that's literally <laughs> yeah I, there's not even for one second would I ever ever realistically consider that it was actually happening but in an alternative universe where that's possible probably yes to see if they needed anything since being dislocated in time would be difficult yeah which i think says a lot of about us as people that our like what our our initial responses of curiosity immediately followed by our actual answer which is oh wait they probably need something are they okay like (laughs) being being concerned (laughs) how can i help yeah exactly yeah so i think we're both going with that one cool uh next question is you absentmindedly open a package that was addressed to your neighbor and discover a highly sought after first edition. Do you return the package? Number one, yes, I would return the package with a note of explanation and a bottle of wine. That seems excessive. Why are you giving them a bottle of wine? Number two, yes, I would return the package and explain the misunderstanding in person. Three, yes, I would repackage the book and leave the box on their doorstep. Four, yes, I would return the package along with an invitation to talk it out over tea. And five, no, my dilemma is whether to sell it or enjoy having it when they don't. (laughs) For me, this is really easy. It's either two or four. I would definitely either return and explain in person or return with an invitation to talk it out over tea. And it will probably be the latter because, like, the more people I get to talk to about books, the better, essentially. So I'm going to go with that one. Okay. I have a confliction here. Mm. So on one hand, my, my gut reaction says... I would go with number three, which is repackage the book and leave it on their doorstep because I want to return their property. Like, I don't want to steal things. And I don't think there's, it's necessary at all to apologize for opening it because it was a mistake. So I think this is a perfectly fine situation to just return it without note or any, like, bottle of wine or anything. But here's the thing. If they don't receive the package and they honestly believe it never arrived... They rightfully can contact company and ask for a new one. Your Slytherin's showing. Why? (laughs) What's wrong with keeping it if they get one and I get one? Nina. What's wrong with that? (laughs) Tell me. Tell me. (laughs) I never thought I was Slytherin until this conversation. Apparently I am. Because it's a pain in the ass to follow up on packages that have gone missing is why. Oh. (laughs) But if it's... Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of a pain. I I would offer to help them deal with it. However, in that case, they would be now dishonestly requesting a refund and or replacement. So I wouldn't want to endanger their authenticity in their request. So I don't know. I don't know. That's a hard one. It depends on which. <laughs> well, be true to yourself. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm being judgy. I should, I should not be judgy. No, I just no. was not expecting that answer from you. <laughs> system that's what i would want someone else to do now that's what i would want i want someone else to have it too i I mean i i don't mind dealing with a company to call and request a new one i'm very um mm, 
maybe because I'm just like very comfortable requesting refunds and mm-hmm. um you know lost things that I, I I would personally be like oh that's just too easy like why not but I also understand that you're right like uh, other people might find that extremely mm-hmm. annoying mm-hmm. maybe if I know my my neighbor yeah. and I know their temperament like if I know that they would have the resources to like follow up on mm-hmm. it then I would do it and if not if I know they're very like sort of hesitant person then I would return it yeah Gut reaction, which one are you choosing? I'm going with replace the book, leave okay. the box on the doorstep. Right. Sorry, I didn't mean to be so judgy just then. It was just it was just very no, no, that came out of nowhere <laughs> as far as I was concerned. <laughs> but yeah, no, I do kind of see what you're saying. It's the only people getting hurt are the capitalists who own the company, I guess. Although Depends on the company. I was about too. To actually, that's the other thing, is that highly sought after first edition, that could just be like a collector who only had one copy and they're selling it, you know. It's true. In fact, that's more likely. If it depends if there's, if it's off Amazon, if it's clearly an Amazon package. That's not going to be a highly sought after first edition, though. <laughs> I I've seen first editions on Amazon of like Kurt Vonnegut that I was looking for. Really? I, mean, I don't. It depends on how sought Hi, after. Yeah, sought after. They're is on the... there. They're mm, on there. Okay. All right. Well, so next question. Not only did you forget the book club is at your house, you didn't even read the book. What do you do? Oh boy. One, I wouldn't admit I hadn't read it, but my book club probably will not notice. <laughs> Two, I would be upfront about it and would focus on making everyone comfortable. Three, I would piece together the plot based on the book club discussion. Four, I would accuse another member of not reading it before people suspect me. Five, I would admit my error. If there are others like me, I'd schedule a breakout session. I'm not going to lie, options three and four make me so anxious. Like, the idea of trying to put the plot <laughs> together based on a book club discussion or accusing someone else of not reading it makes, nah, just way too anxious. <laughs> no. For me, this one's really easy. It would be, I would be upfront about it and and would focus on making everyone comfortable. I have two much better solutions in this case. <laughs> I mean, first of all, I would call in sick and be like hey i'm really not feeling well well for me that's you know. incredibly possible so like i, I it's very easy for me yeah to call in sick right? to anything i mean i i think it, it doesn't you don't need to so like, it can be in someone else's house it's not really disrupting the group you know for i honestly sake, think the group will have a better time for the sake of the argument let's say that you completely forgot it was at your house they've already turned up oh okay okay they already turned up i can't because my second option was I would find the audiobook and put it on two times speed and just like get little hints here and there. Maybe read spark notes on the book. Like I would look something up. Maybe even while they're preparing their tea. I mean, I'm thinking of my book club where we took tea. But gosh, there, there, there are so many ways I would get around this. However, for the sake of the argument, I would, I would be upfront and focus on making everyone comfortable. Next one. Your best friend reveals that they wrote a novel. You're the first to read it and you hate it. How do you respond? One, I try to solve this conflict by focusing my praise on my friend's dedication. Two, I'd ask if they'd like my help. If so, I'd offer critiques. If not, I'd let it go. Three, I'd express my excitement and focus on the importance of editing. Four, I'd tell them how much I loved their book. I'm still their biggest fan. Five, I'd be honest and enjoy watching hope drain from their eyes. (laughs) Okay, this one's pretty easy for me. I would say that I'd express my excitement because it's exciting that you wrote a book and focus on the importance of editing because, I mean, every book needs to be edited. Yeah. 
how arrogant do you have to be to assume that yours wouldn't? So I imagine the person will be expecting critique. Yeah, I would go number two, uh, which is the, I'd ask if they'd like my help, offer critiques if so, and if not, just kind of go, just let it go. Because I'm really bad at hiding my true feelings, and if I hated something, Mm. I'm not going to be able to feign excitement. No matter how happy I actually am for them that they managed to write a book and that that's a huge deal, my main (laughs) thoughts would be this was terrible and that I need to make sure they don't send this to an editor yet, because it's probably not needing it. So yeah, so that's my, my choice. All right. You discover that a family member has been stealing books from the library. They inform you that they are only taking books that haven't been checked out recently. How do you react? One, as long as no one else is reading them, I'd have them grab a couple for me. Two, I would insist that they return the books in person, no ifs, ands, or buts. Three, I'd express my disappointment and have them promise to not do it again. Four, I would convince them that they have a moral duty to return the books. Five, I'd persuade them to make an anonymous donation to the library for double the value. Hmm. This one's easy for me. I, I, my, mine's the I would convince them that they have a moral duty to return the books. Yeah, same. Your favourite novel is being adapted for film. The film's director says he made plot changes that will make the story more accessible to a new audience. How do you feel? One, even if I were irritated, I'd still admit that this is a sensible approach. Two, I'd hope the film would inspire others to read the book for themselves. Three, the prospect would personally gall me, but I'd keep this feeling to myself. Four, I wouldn't pass judgment and hold out hope that the adaptation is excellent. I tend to be optimistic, so I'll hope that the adaptation is excellent, though knowing that it probably won't be. I I usually don't have that high expectations for adaptations because I know it's not going to be the book, so I'm not looking for the book. Of these options, I'd probably go with I'd hope the film would inspire others to read the book for themselves, I guess. That's the closest. I don't know. I don't really like any of them. Next one is you open an email and realize that it's not for you. The manuscript for the year's most hotly anticipated novel is attached. Assuming you will experience no repercussions, what do you do? Number one, I won't leak it, but I'll still put out feelers in case I could make money from it. Two, I would immediately respond and let the sender know I didn't open the attachment. Three, I would read the manuscript out of curiosity, but would not tell anyone. Four, I would neither read nor share it because I'm not interested. (laughs) Five, I'd leak the book, but not before I revise the text so that protagonist dies. (laughs) Oh, that is some chaos energy. I actually love that. In that last option, that is some seriously chaotic energy. I would say I would read it out of curiosity. I don't know. I'm not telling anyone. That's a big commitment. I probably would tell people that I had it and read it. Maybe I wouldn't spoil the story for people, but I think I would read out of curiosity. That's that's the closest answer. Yeah, me too. For me. Yeah. I, I Mine would be a combination of two and three. It would be I would immediately let the, the sender know because, you know, if they've sent it to me by accident, it means that it hasn't got to where it was meant to go. So I would send a response email being like, hey, I think you got the wrong email address here. And then I would also read the manuscript and now we have to sign up for an email list to get our answer because of course we do hack for anyone listening have a uh an email address that you only use for things that are going to be like marketing emails so they don't clutter up your personal email account it's very very easy to make a or 12 (laughs) yeah it's very it's very easy to make a gmail email so i can highly recommend just having essentially like a junk email address I have my results. I can't say I have strong opinions about it because I don't actually know this character that well. Me neither. Damn, I got Rosalind. Me too. 
Whoa. We did have a lot of overlapping answers, so that's not entirely surprising. But yeah, we both got Rosalind from As You Like It by William Shakespeare. People are drawn to you because you radiate authenticity. True for both of us, I think. Although you have a striking intelligence, you don't alienate others with your intellect. Again, I'd say that's probably true for both of us. Instead, your warmth counterbalances your cleverness, making you the ideal dinner party guest. Well, if it differ, don't say so myself. Um, this, one's, <laughs> this one's at least way more accurate than the previous right, one. Right, right. I feel that for both of us. You have a gift for communicating with people. Yep, we are absolutely both that person. Communicators. Um, we, yeah, you have a gift for communicating with people different than you because you can adapt your style of reasoning to best resonate with your audience, 100%. Despite this easygoing nature, your patience isn't limitless. Because you are a good judge of character, you don't suffer fools easily. <laughs> this is this is pretty accurate for both of us, I'd say. I think so. Yeah. Combined with your ability to quickly discern the motivations that drive others, you've learned to value integrity above all things. Honestly, this has nailed it. And it's 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 really hit the overlap of every part of our character that is the same. Like, between the two of I us. I think so. Like, this is essentially a summary of what makes us very similar people. I feel like I now have to add As You Like It to my TBR. Yeah, I'm literally doing that right now. <gasps> we should read it. <gasps> we should. As a segment. How long is it? Two hours and 42 minutes. Oh, well, there you so go. Doable. Really short. Perfect. Okay, do you want to do that as our segment for next week? Yes. All right, listeners, tune in. We are going to be awesome. reading As You Like It for next week. Cool. Well, we don't know the character very well, but it certainly does describe us perfectly so we'll find out soon we will we will all right so the final quiz we're going to be doing today is what female book character are you which is a quizoni quiz when's the last time you read a book within the last week is definitely going to be the most appropriate answer because the only answer closer than that is i'm reading one now and obviously we're not doing that because we're talking so um oh oh, oh wait does i'm I reading one now mean i'm in, in the, the middle, middle of the book I think that's oh, what okay. It means. Then, yeah, obviously it's that. that. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> um, okay. So obviously it's that. All right. What genre of book is your favorite? Romance, mystery, thriller, horror, sci-fi, nonfiction. None of these are my favorite. Yeah. For me, it's just like ge- generic contemporary fiction. But I guess of those, probably mystery. Probably. Maybe. Mm, you know. I, don't know. I, I don't think know so for me as well. Not sci-fi. I'm gonna go with mystery. I mean, Kurt Vonnegut's no, your favorite author, so I figured. He is, but I don't think it's sci-fi. I okay. think it's mystery for me. I like actually. I'm gonna I like go books with where I don't know me. where it's gonna go. I think I'm mm, gonna or, okay. mm, thriller or mystery, thriller or mystery. I mean, I like both of them because well, I don't know where they're gonna go. That's that's essentially the same. Right. I'm gonna go with thriller just because mist- some mystery novels are very formulaic. So I'm gonna go with thriller for me. Right. That's fair. All right. It's definitely not my favorite thriller- genre. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I think thriller is like mystery, but a little bit more intense yeah. or maybe scary. And I quite like the intense. And so, so I, yeah, that there works. you go. Cool. Yeah. Where do you get most of your books? I buy them at a bookstore. I go to secondhand shops. I get them as gifts. I use library books. I generally just share with family and friends. I where's the all of the above? <laughs> yeah, I'll go with library books. I'm gonna say I get them as gifts. What form of reading do you prefer? On a tablet, on my phone, hardcover book, softcover book. I'm going to go with hardcover book. Audiobook is not an option. Audiobooks are on my phone, so I'm going to say on my phone. I'm definitely a physical book person. I choose hardcover because it's easier to write in, and I really like writing in books. Okay. All right. Are you a romantic? Yes, no, somewhat. Yes. Yes, for me, no, somewhat for (laughs) me. Somewhat for me. That's a hard yes. (laughs) Anyway. All right. 
Do you prefer single books or series? Then the options are single books, trilogies or less, or long series. I'm going to go with single books. Me too. Choose a colour. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple. <laughs> I'm going to go with blue. Purple. Cool. What snack is best to eat while reading? Fr- chips, chocolate, pretzels, fruit, nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. How many books have you read in the past year? And we've got a choice of brackets here. I'm going with the 51 to 100 because I've now, I finished 51 books this year. And so certainly in the past year, it's been over 51. Am I allowed to say 51, even though I've currently read 50? Yeah, definitely. Because because I'm in the middle of three books? Yeah, definitely. It's November. Like if you go from previous November to now, like that's in the past year. That's true. So yeah. That's true. Okay. Cool. Which century books do you prefer? 21st, 20th, 19th, 18th, 17th, 16th, or earlier? I'm not really sure. Like, I love Jane Austen, and so I'm tempted to go with 19th century, but the vast majority of books I read are 21st century, so I'm going to go with that. I I think that's fair for me as well. I I like some 19th century. I like a good amount of 20th century. Some of my favorite books are actually 20th century. You know, I might go with 20th Mm -hmm. century because... I really love, like, Virginia Woolf, Kurt Vonnegut. I, I don't know, something about the time yeah, cool. period. Where is your ideal place to read a book? On a hammock, on the beach, in bed, anywhere. Bed. Bed. <laughs> All right, the next one is, are you confident? Yes, no, somewhat. Yes. I'm going to say somewhat for me. <laughs> what type of person are you? Introvert, extrovert, a little bit of both. Extrovert. Introvert. How old were you when you learned to read? Two, three to four, five to six, seven to eight, nine to ten. Over 11. Definitely before 9 to 10. Probably 5 to 6. That's probably average. Yeah. I think I was actually 2 when my parents were teaching me how to read. It might be 3 to 4, but I I, I have a feeling it was 2. All right. What time of day is the best for reading? Morning, afternoon, night. I like waking up and reading, Mm. just like without even getting out of bed. Yeah. That's one of my favorite feelings. So I'm going to say morning. Generally, I'd say I read mostly in the afternoon. How long do you like your books to be? Short, medium, long? Medium. I like all the books, but I guess medium's probably my highest read category. Yeah, me too. If a book is the length of 200 pages, which would you prefer? Longer chapters, shorter chapters, medium length chapters? It doesn't matter how long a book is. I like short chapters. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I was about to say the same thing. It doesn't matter how long a book is. I will always prefer short chapters. How fast do you read? Very fast, fast, regular speed, slow. I would say at this point I read fast. Mm. I used to say I read slow, but I think just based on the quantity of books I read, not only do I like read fast because I'm able to get so many books in, but also I've just like gotten better at reading over time. Yeah. Like I can read a lot faster than a year or two ago, honestly. Yeah. You I mean you must because you read about the same amount that I do and you do all of the things as well. Uh, whereas I would, <laughs> despite the fact that I read a lot of books, I would still say that I'm a slow reader because the only reason I'm able to read a lot of books is because I'm listening to audiobooks. And when I'm reading physical books, it takes me way longer. So yeah, I'm going to say slow. I like to really digest the words I'm reading because otherwise I don't remember anything. Mm, probably a good strategy. Are you a good listener? Yes, no, somewhat. I would say somewhat, personally. Really? Okay. I try my best, but I definitely think... I tend to be an over-talker, and if someone doesn't assert themselves in the conversation, I can forget to shut up. (laughs) Oh my god, yes. When I'm with someone who talks a similar amount to me, I'm really good at having a conversation, but the second someone's shy, 
I don't know what to do. I, I can't deal with silences and I just bulldozer. It's, I'm exactly the same. I think I am a good listener, though. <laughs> if someone's talking, I'm listening. It's just when they choose not to talk that I turn into a bulldozer. <laughs> Which do you prefer? Fiction, nonfiction, both? Fiction. I was going to say both because I do like a mix of both, but if I'm being completely honest with myself, probably fiction. When did you realise you loved reading? When I was a child, when I was a teenager, when I was an adult? As a child. I would say teenager, actually. Oh. Are you in a book club? Yes, no. Me and some friends yes. read some <laughs> read the same books, but it's not a club. Yeah, yes to both of us. Which do you prefer? The book, the movie, depends on the series. The book. What? The book? I yeah. Well, okay. There are... Two cases I've experienced of liking the movie better than the book. Heartstopper, maybe. Mm. That's actually an additional case. I was going to say the one that comes to mind, the one that was most successful for me was the Shadow and Bone series. Mm. I thought that very much improved upon the book. I also... I can't remember the other example I was thinking of. It slipped my mind. But anyway, I, there are some times when it happens, but most of the mm. time. Well, maybe, the book, maybe the answer is depends on the series for you then. I don't think okay. so. I think it's so majority of the time okay. that I'm going to go with yep, the book. Fair enough. Do you have a, Do you have a list of books you want to read? <laughs> you, no. Yes, no. No, but I do <laughs> have a couple of books in mind to get. Yeah, obviously we do. Yeah. I have my answer. Cool. I expected it to be a character, but it's actually a character archetype. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is different. All right. What what did you get? I surprisingly got the femme fatale oh interesting okay it says you're in tune with your body okay and not afraid to show it off sure if it gets you further in your mission i guess people do not expect the beautiful cunning charming woman to be so powerful and deadly but that you are i don't think that's me but that's okay, okay. i definitely don't like use my body to get places mm. because I just don't think about my physical appearance that much mm. and especially like with my experience of sexuality as I've discussed before yeah. like that's often not the thing on my mind yeah. it's interesting I mean I do think I've got a, a level of complexity that might not be seen on the surface I do think sometimes because I'm very extroverted and like uh, bubbly I can come off a bit I don't know, I wouldn't say ditzy, but like maybe just like effervescent. Effervescent? Is that the word? Yeah, no, I guess I'm, <laughs> I'm looking for like a word that's like maybe surface level. Oh, okay. You know? yeah. Because I have really easy conversation, even small talk, mm. and I can get really into a conversation of small talk because I'm just curious about the person, and I feel like sometimes it comes off as maybe shallow right, okay. a little bit. But I definitely don't think I am shallow, so, and I think that comes through pretty quickly after getting to know so me. Maybe, so maybe maybe femme fatale is how you is how you come across to people, but then Ros- Rosalind is your true self. Maybe maybe I can see that. I am the best friend, and all of this um, describes me pretty well, actually. So you are supportive and kind. You offer a shoulder to cry on, ears that always listen, and a heart of gold. You hold your own power, but you prefer not to be in the limelight. Instead, you do your own thing and support your friends. That pretty much sums it up. Looking at the other options, which I see here are the lover, the evil villain, the damsel, the femme fatale, the best friend, and the hero. I definitely don't see myself as the evil villain or the damsel. I also don't see myself as a best friend because I definitely feel main character energy. Um, Naturally so. I would say, honestly, the lover is what I'm most inclined to say. 
the hero? Maybe not. I don't need to be the hero. So between the lover and the femme fatale, like, okay. <laughs> but I definitely think I'm more the lover. But I also don't know what the lover description is. So that's, that's hard fair. to say. I absolutely think that mine is accurate. Cool. Well, that was three very different types of quizzes. So I hope... <laughs> I, hope um, I really liked the last one, actually. Good, Even though I yeah. didn't get quite the results I was expecting, I definitely think the questions mm. were on point. They were simple. They were straightforward, and I, I'm i curious how they all like waited mm. in the algorithm, True. but I liked the quiz overall. That was my favorite. I think my favorite was the Penguin Random House one because all the questions had an actual purpose, whereas with the, the one we just did, there was still the pick a color question or like, you know, that kind of stuff, mm. which... Yes, I guess That's can true. have some meaning psychologically, but definitely not as much as the behavioral questions. And like all of the Penguin Random House ones were behavioral questions. So um, that is true. You know, and if you're if you're doing critique... an actual psychological study, every question is behavioral. Like you don't you don't have <laughs> anything else. <laughs> so right. yeah. No, yes, the questions for the Penguin Random House one were definitely better. I think my my one critique of the Penguin Random House was that the the characters there are only a few characters that you could have been chosen mm. from we didn't really go over the options but i do like the format of this where it's more of an archetype because then you understand like what they're trying to tell true. you better yeah. even if you don't know the character that you're specifically assigned true yeah but i'm excited to learn more about rosalind in yes. our next episode Yes, absolutely. And an excuse to uh, read more Shakespeare because mm. I didn't want to, but I just Me don't too. have a particular drive. Same here. Like, I have the same attitude of, like, it would be nice, but I forget, and it's not a high priority at all. So right. I haven't even read Macbeth. Like, I haven't I even either. read Hamlet or... Yeah, the only ones I've read are Romeo and Juliet, and then the two I was made to read at school, which were Othello, which is great, by the way, and Richard III. My schooling on Shakespeare, for some reason, I think they were trying to really pick the quirky ones because I haven't read any of the big ones. I've only read, I guess the biggest one I've read is Midsummer Night's Dream, which I did really enjoy. Oh, actually, I want to read that one too. Yeah. It's, it's good. I mean, it's got a little bit of the, the Shakespearean chaos that mm. I don't always love, but the vibes are very strong mm. and the aesthetics are gorgeous. And I did really like the adaptation. We watched it and read it in class. So that one, I read The uh, Winter's Tale. I read The Taming of the Shrew, which was an Mm. interesting exploration. And one other, but I'm forgetting at this moment. So anyway, we'll discuss more next week. Cool. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Hopefully that was as fun for you to listen to as it was for us to do. It was a great excuse to get to know each other better, you know? Yes, absolutely. And I hope you feel like you've got to know us a little better as well. Again, if you want to uh, reach out to us, you know, say what, you're, what you got, which characters you got, or, you know, just give us feedback in general or, you know, just be in touch at all. You can contact us say at... Say hi. Yeah, say hi. You can be in touch with us at bookswithoutborderspod at gmail.com. That's bookswithoutborderspod at gmail.com. That's also in our show notes, along with, as always, a list of every book we mentioned in this episode and the links from the quizzes and some other resources as well. And yeah, we will catch you next time. Thank you so much. See ya. Bye.